Hello, welcome to Calm One Twenty Two Podcast, Episode Two. My name's Max, and I'll be the host for today. In the last episode, we talked about how media create mainstream and popular cultures. In this episode, we will make a more contentious argument. Media shape ideologies that divide our society into blue states and red states. Trump army and Bernie bro, proud boys and social justice warriors. You see. Ideology is a value system through which we assign meanings to the things we see and do. You are a libertarian, so you believe in small government and lower taxes. You are a conservative in America, and by extension, you value the Second Amendment and traditional values. Of course, I am painting different ideologies here in a broad stroke. But have you thought about why different societies uphold drastically different ideologies, such as in America? Freedom, tolerance, and diversity are highly esteemed values, whereas in China, nationalism is a unifying principle in public life. Again, the answer lies in media. Media shape and reinforce what we call dominant ideology. The dominant ideology is a social common sense of our time, what is deemed acceptable and desirable by the majority of the public. So, what is the dominant ideology of our time? Maybe you would say tolerance, diversity, and progress. Some may say, "Make America great again." Notice that a dominant ideology, that is, what is accepted and promoted by the majority, can be benign or hideous, progressive or against the current of history. Dominant ideologies may also vary across societies and change over time. Take Germany for example. Its dominant ideology during the Nazi era was anti-Semitism, scientific racism, and eugenics. During the Cold War, the dominant ideology of the former East Germany was communism. These values are outright despicable in current-day Germany. But why do media create dominant ideology? Do media do it purposefully? Is there a conspiracy of amusing ourselves to death, as claimed by Neil Postman in his famous book? Well, we should consider several scenarios. First, in some societies and at certain times in history, media outlets could be controlled by powerful governments to propagate what authoritarian regimes want to promote. Media outlets then act as mouthpieces, a tool of propaganda. There are many such cases in the history of the Soviet Union, Nazi Germany, and wartime America. But you might be surprised to find many contemporary cases of modern-day media propaganda, in the form of sleek videos, viral internet memes, and catchy rap songs. They could be in your Facebook timeline, Instagram stories, or even TikTok. Don't forget that as you become more digitally and media savvy, so do authoritarian regimes. That said, in current-day America, media censorship and government direct control of media is prohibited by the First Amendment. There is no law requiring Fox News to stick with conservative talking points, and no regulation asking HBO to produce diverse TV shows. Mostly, media shape the dominant ideology by catering to what people want, because that makes business sense. If people want A, not B, then media supply more A, not B. The simple logic is that by heeding to people's popular choices, media industry can maintain and increase advertising revenue and profit from subscriptions and content purchases. Do you notice that this is a self-fulfilling loop? By supplying more of what the public wants, it creates more demand for the thing wanted by the public. Here are some examples. Have you heard of an HBO show called Confederate? I'm sure you haven't watched it. The show was created by David Benioff and D. B. Weiss, two of the writers behind Game of Thrones. But this show is now dead in the water. Confederate was an alternate history drama, imagining a time after the Civil War where the South had won. Sounds interesting, 
but HBO had to cancel the show, resulting in a significant financial loss. This was because the show touched the nerve of an American society reeling from racial tensions and violence committed by white supremacists. Many opposed the show by writing newspaper op-eds, and on Twitter, people used the hashtag NoConfederate to stage a protest. If you want to learn more about this incident, read the assigned opinion article from the New York Times. A comparable case to this is Netflix canceling the latest season of House of Cards. The cancellation was due to the sexual assault allegations involving Kevin Spacey, the main actor of the show. While Kevin Spacey hasn't yet been proven guilty in a court of law, the media industry has already made a verdict. You may ask, why? Well, just imagine the pressure of public opinion facing the industry in the time of the Me Too movement. In short, wherever the media industry creates politically incorrect or insensitive content, it suffers a loss. The media industry is doing many things to stay ahead of the curve, to be at the so-called forefront of political change. Remember that a few years ago, the Oscar was called hashtag so white? The lack of diversity is a real issue plaguing the movie business, and Hollywood has faced backlashes from the angry public. What has happened since the Oscar so white movement? In the Oscars in 2019, the nominees included Black Panther, a movie with a nearly all-black cast. The nomination also included Crazy Rich Asians with an all-Asian cast. Well, it looks like the movie industry is responding to our dominant ideology that now values racial diversity. And in doing so, the industry is making the ideology of diversity ever more dominant. Another example is My Little Pony, a kid's show. They introduced a lesbian pony couple. Here, the content creator of My Little Pony is adapting to the dominant ideology of appreciating sexual minority. By doing it, it makes the dominant ideology appear more mainstream. We should clarify that just because an ideology is dominant does not necessarily mean it is supported by every member of society. Oftentimes, you will find silent majority or vocal minority who are not happy with the dominant ideology or the mainstream culture. They form formidable cultural forces, and they are doing it through media. This is a point we will address in the next episode when we talk about media as a public sphere. Thanks for listening. See you next time.